Welcome to the New Mexico News Podcast, headlines and stories from the land of enchantment. Brought to you by KRQE. Here's Chris McKee and Gabrielle Burkhart. It wasn't that long ago that we were talking about a disaster across a lot of New Mexico's forest land, that being wildfire. Breaking news, a fire has erupted in the Jemez Mountains and more than 200 homes have been forced to evacuate. An air fleet of record sizes gathered in Santa Fe this evening. We're seeing epic fire conditions, uh, epic fire stuff that I never thought I'd see that we're dealing with it right now. This year was arguably one of the worst, if not the worst, wildfire season on record for New Mexico. There was the Hermit's Peak Calf Canyon fire, just one of dozens of fires over the dry season that torched a lot of forest land. It actually came within two miles of one of New Mexico's ski resorts, that being Sipapu. And along the lines of ski resorts, here we are now months later. Wildfire is no longer top of mind for most New Mexicans, but rather winter storms are. And some of the snow that we've seen already in parts of the state has been a welcome sight. I was in Red River last weekend and woke up to a winter wonderland. That day, six inches fell and it was just beautiful. So is that a good indicator of what's to come this season? Will New Mexico see a wet winter? The success of the state's ski industry always hangs on the answer to that question. And this week, we're asking, how is the ski industry feeling about this year? George Brooks is one of the most prominent people in New Mexico's ski industry, and in some ways, a godfather to New Mexico's skiing, helping to create the University of New Mexico's ski team back in 1970. Today, he's the executive director of Ski New Mexico, and he joins us in person for the podcast today. George, thanks for being here. Certainly. Happy to be here. So is that fair to call you maybe one of the godfathers of skiing in New Mexico? So I mean, I have the power to fix things. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So yes. Okay, good. So let's get into it. The ski season is coming off of a very dry spring and seemingly a decent monsoon season. So I first wanted to go back to your thoughts before the season started coming out of the wildfires How have you been thinking about this year as not only a fan of skiing, but a steward of New Mexico's open space? Well, over the years, uh, for a long, long time, you have ups and downs. You have dry seasons and you have uh, the wet ski seasons. So, um, I mean, even though we all are worried about what's going to go on, uh, we believe we can produce a good uh, ski uh, result on the slopes if we just have cold weather. And it's always a help to have Mother Nature giving us the snow. So. We're still very optimistic, uh, even in the uh, lower precipitation years. We mentioned the Hermit's Peak Calf Canyon fire getting close to Sipapu. The fire was further away from one of the largest resorts in New Mexico, Ski Santa Fe. But the question being, did any wildfire activity come close to any other New Mexico resorts? You know, did it get close to any of our resorts? Yes, it got close to Sipapu. Did it uh, threaten Santa Fe? No. Uh, I guess the next ski area that would have been in line for the uh, situation there would have been Angel Fire. And then, you know, much further away would have been Red River as it was traveling north. But Sipapu um, was the one that really uh, had the brunt of that. Uh, ski Santa Fe a few years ago had a fire in that area that affected uh, or could have affected them. So we all have to be very uh, careful uh, about the wildfires and, and how we deal with them. The ski areas. Uh, do have an opportunity, as uh, Sipapu did, to have actually their snow guns going 
right. during that time to uh, keep their facility as safe as possible. So the ski season in Santa Fe specifically, Ski Santa Fe opened up on Thanksgiving. As I understand, not everything is operational just yet, but what have you seen in terms of snow at that resort so far? Well, we've had uh, pretty good natural snow for early season, not as good as a lot, but we've had good snow up there. Uh, and of course, the biggest thing for us early season is having low temperatures. The best thing for the ski industry is to have a wet fall, which we did going into the ski season. It was kind of wet. Then the temperatures dropped, so it froze the ground. And then we were able to start making snow along with the natural snow. So that's going to allow all of our areas in New Mexico and Ski Santa Fe specifically to open more trails uh, as uh, they're able to make more snow and as they get natural snow. When you look across the picture, I think there's about eight ski resorts in New Mexico total, right? That's correct. Uh huh. And when you look at all of those eight, you know, they each have different sizes to them, different capacity in terms of the amount of guests that they welcome or even just see typically. When you see a good ski season, is there something you look for at each one of those eight? Or is it just the fact that maybe each one of them is open with all their runs open and all their lifts on? Well, I mean, the way we measure a good ski season is obviously the number of guests we get is one way. But even more importantly is how happy those guests are. You know, are they getting a great experience when they come to a resort? And that seems to be how we would look across the, the spectrum as to how we're performing. There are certain ski numbers at different ski areas. Some of the larger ski areas obviously do larger numbers. Uh, Taos generally has the most skier visits. Uh, then Santa Fe, Ski Apache down south, um, are, and Ski Angel Fire are in there for, for the next group of, of ski areas. Um, so a lot of it is, is based on, are we having happy guests? Are they referring people? And are we getting New Mexico people also to ski? Because we still have a good percentage of our skiers that come from our state. What is the overall outlook you're thinking about when it comes to this ski season in New Mexico? Well, we're hoping that we all, that all of our guests are safe. We have a lot of, of happy people, that the snow is good. And as far as a measure, a hard measure, if we could get somewhere around a million skier visits for our entire state, we would feel it's been very successful. Now, to give you some reference, for example, uh, Colorado's ski area, Vail, has about a million five for their ski area alone. So when we talk about New Mexico of a million, we're talking still fairly small in the ski industry, uh, U.S. wide. Taking a step back a little bit for people maybe who don't ski or don't snowboard and aren't a part of that culture in New Mexico, um, we do get a lot of visitors from other states, right? Tell me about the economic impact maybe or the importance of these resorts for New Mexico as a whole. Well, our tracking shows that about 65% of our skier visits come from out of state. So 35% are New Mexico residents. Obviously, we want them to come ski, but it is very important for us to bring people from out of state into our resorts. And the economic impact is felt much greater in these communities because they're smaller communities, Taos, Red River, Angel Fire, Sipapu, uh, Santa Fe to some extent, uh, Riodoso. I mean, they don't have the, the larger employment base and economic base. So the ski areas, when, when they bring people into those resorts and they have people coming in and spending money, uh, it's pretty substantial. 
the ski industry as a whole, uh, on average, is somewhere between $450 and $500 million business to the state of New Mexico. So it's a big deal to those small communities who rely not only on like people going to ski, but shopping, going to restaurants, staying at hotels. Absolutely. I mean, it's all wrapped up in that. You don't just come and ski. You know, you have places you have to stay, you have places you have to eat. And then, of course, people are going to go shopping. So it's not just the ski resort that benefits from that. And it's good for those communities if the ski areas in those communities do well. One thing I wanted to ask you about, too, was not only do you need snow, but you need staff to operate these facilities, right? So we've seen this year Sandia Peak Ski Area declared early on that they wouldn't be opening, citing low snow predictions and a lack of workers. It sounds like this has been a challenge for Ski Santa Fe as well. We know the Santa Fe New Mexican reported in early November that the resort in Santa Fe hoped to hire at least another 150 employees so what's the staffing picture like overall at our resorts? Well, in New Mexico, just at the ski areas, this does not include the restaurants, this does not include hotels, but just the ski areas themselves employ about 3,500 people. Uh, that's a pretty good uh, and significant number of people considering you're starting from a fairly low base. For uh, most of those employees are seasonal employees, I would say, and this is a guess, probably uh, 2,000 to almost maybe 2,500 or seasonal employees. So it's very important for us to attract people to come to our ski areas to work. Uh, same problems that everybody is having in all industries is, you know, where do the employees go? So we're having to think out of the box. Uh, we are going to have to probably change a little bit of the operations at each of our ski areas based on our employees and we're trying to figure a way to, to make it more lucrative, not only financially, but just a way of lifestyle for people to come and work at our ski areas. So we're hoping that uh, people will take the opportunity. And I hope anybody listening to this will, hey, hey, that might be a good idea. I might have a fun time working at a ski area. And furthermore, if you think about it, you know, most people when they look at ski areas, they say, all right, we have ski instructors. We have people that, you know, maybe food service is one thing you think about. Maybe the lift operators but it goes all the way to people and mechanics, to electricians, to plumbers, to just a variety of number of people uh, and skill sets that each ski area needs. About 200 different skill sets is employed at ski areas around our state. So you don't necessarily have to be a skier to work at a resort. Absolutely not. In fact, uh, we talked with Taos Ski Valley. I think they're going to employ somewhere upwards close to 2,000 people. And of that, I think they told me over 60% are non-skiers. So non-skiers are snowboarders. So that's a high percentage of people, uh, high percentage, at least 50% probably statewide that don't ski or snowboard. And, you know, they can work in any, any part of a skier. They, you know, public relations, uh, as I mentioned, all these other things and, you know, accounting, et cetera, et cetera. COVID-19 disrupted the picture for a lot of elements related to the ski season, Aside from all of the COVID precautions, of course, there was the impact on travel, right? You mentioned just how many people are coming from out of state to go to New Mexico ski areas. One is the people traveling from out of state into the ski resorts. But the other one, too, I understand is a lot of temporary workers. I understand it's a common thing in the ski industry for international employees to maybe temporarily live in the U.S. to work at a lot of these New Mexico resorts. Angel Fire recently told the Santa Fe New Mexican, for example, that of their 300 seasonal workers, around 80 of them are international. 
and 60 of those are returning, having done this at least once before. So that in mind, the question being, you know, how much does the ski industry in New Mexico rely on international workers and sort of post COVID are things back to normal? Well, during the COVID time, obviously we didn't have the, we're unable to have the international students. Um, to answer your question, some of the ski areas rely extremely heavily on the international workforce. I mean, you know, Angel Fire gave you that number of 80 versus 300. I would say Red River is similar type numbers. Uh, Taos is probably a little less, but they still have quite a few. Uh, it's very, very important for those international students to come in. And another thing you wouldn't think of, you think, all right, an international student will come in, work at our ski area, and, and that's it. But they don't. Those students come in and they'll take two or three jobs in the community to help the community work. They'll go in and work in the restaurants. They'll go in and work in the hotels. So it's very important in those communities that we have those international students. They don't have a lot to do other than come and work and, and enjoy the environment at a ski area. And a lot of them, uh, you know, do this because they're majoring in, in maybe hotel management or in recreation or something like that. So it is very important. It's, a, it's very significant. Uh, we hope to have, you know, even more New Mexicans apply, but we can only, well, we'll hire who we can. So those kids and other people come up and apply. We're ready. Has there been a resurgence or does it look like there is a resurgence of international students coming to work at our resorts? Yes. Prior to COVID, we were, we were doing very well. And of course, during COVID, we couldn't have the internationals come in. But now we're up again doing the same types of things, and uh, we anticipate that will continue. Is there at least a outlook that you have on this season, snow-wise, um, from what you've seen so far and, and what you hope or what you're expecting maybe this year? I don't have a prognosis. I think that uh, we're very fortunate. The, the owners of the ski areas over the last 30 or 40 years uh, have been very forward-thinking. They've invested a lot of money in snowmaking for those ski areas, and I think they are able to weather some of the warmer or some of the drier conditions. Not in warmer conditions, but drier conditions. So I'm very confident uh, that we will be able to have a good ski season, uh, even if Mother Nature doesn't bless us with with more uh, natural snow. I think the bigger problem, if we don't get natural snow, is what happens to the fire season, what happens to the dryness of New Mexico. And I think it's also would be a good point to, to make is that people think that snowmaking might be utilizing water that could be utilized for other things in New Mexico, which is a dry state. Why are we using all this, this water at our ski areas? The products now, the snow guns now, et cetera, that are on the hill, we reclaim and recapture from 83 to 90% of the water we put on the hill. Mm. So if you look at it, what we're really doing is creating reservoirs at our ski areas when people aren't using that water, they wouldn't be using the water and having it available when the farmers and other people need that water in the spring and early summer. So again, we're going to make snow where we can. We hope mother nature blesses us with more, but, uh, we're optimistic regardless we'll have a good ski season. This conversation reminds me of just the greater picture, right? Of one of the things that's out there is, is climate change. Um, granted, there's a lot of perspectives and there's a lot of politics tied into climate change at this point here. But I think there just in general is a larger concern amongst people, no matter where you fall on the politics of it, that 
yeah, New Mexico does seemingly feel like it is trending in a drier direction. What is your outlook at the future of New Mexico ski areas? Are you at all concerned when it comes to, you know, topics of climate change and the changing weather patterns here in the state? Well, I think we all need to be very concerned about that. Uh, our ski areas are doing things uh, very subtly in, in that regard. They're, they do some carbon neutral things. They're doing definitely some environmental type things. Uh, I don't know if New Mexico has any electric cats, but I know that's going to be, and when I say cats, the, the snow machines that uh, pack the slope. Uh, so they're moving towards that. Uh, some of the other things that they're doing are, are trying to neutralize their uh, their environmental impact. And uh, we're definitely considering that at all the ski areas, lots and, and most of the time. So we're two years, almost three years out of the start of the pandemic. And I bring this up only because I know it's been a slow process trying to, you know, get back to, you know, pre-pandemic staffing levels and things like that. Taking into account weather patterns, the wildfire season that we had, international students trying to draw them back into New Mexico, and then again, looking forward to, are we going to have a wet winter? Do you hear any reports from the ski resorts in New Mexico? What are their main concerns at this point? Well, I, I think it may not be so so strange, but of all the things you mentioned, the biggest problem for us is employment, getting enough employees to, to work at the ski areas. Uh, I don't have a crystal ball, but I've been in the ski industry a long time. And I think that what we will see, and maybe this is a bad prediction, but over many, many years in the ski industry, the ski industry is going to have to change the way they do things. For example, if you have two lifts that uh, service almost the same area, there may be days that they don't run one of those lifts, uh, both for economics, employment, uh, environmental issues. I mean, those could all be things that they're going to do. So there may be some times at a ski area that you want to ski a certain trail, but it's not accessible because of some of those limiting factors. And I think employment is one of those. The ski industry is trying to make some changes in how they operate so they can operate on a smaller staff if necessary. So you will see a lot of those, some of those changes at least uh, do exist in, in New Mexico. They're existing throughout the industry. But such things as ticketless uh, ticketing, uh, you have to maybe make reservations or buy it at certain times of the year. And, and in some ski areas around the country, that's the only way you can get a lift ticket is online. You can't walk up to the window and buy one. So uh, those changes, as far as some of the uh, food service changes, and again, these aren't in New Mexico right now, but some of it is, is coming in, is that in some areas you can't walk into their cafeterias. You have to order online and pick up your food. Again, is it it's something we learned from COVID that it works, but it's also, it's a problem of not having the staffing levels to do those things. What do you see as maybe one of the answers to get more employees working at these resorts? Hmm. <laughs> it's kind of strange. Uh, the, in June of this year, our ski area operators met and they made their number one priority for Ski New Mexico to work on how do we attract more employees to our resorts. And we've been working on several different things. Uh, one thing, and we're just, it's sort of in its infancy and we haven't got all the bugs worked out, but we think a program of seasonal exchange of employees. For example, your, your golf courses have employees in the summertime that need jobs in the winter. You have people ski areas that 
work in the winter but need jobs in the summer. And, and I use golf, but there are a variety, a variety of, of people out there that could do a seasonal exchange. Uh, and if you also think about this, all those people that are seasonal at ski areas, or a lot of them, go on, go on unemployment in the, in the summertime. The people that work in the summer industry and lose their jobs due to the season, they go on unemployment in the winter. If you can put these things two together, you would one, solve the problem of employment or solve some of the problem of employment, and you'd also cut out the issues of unemployment as much. So we're working on the, that is one thing. We're working with the schools also on having some type of a program that allows students to come up to our resorts. And one of the problems is the age, but we're finding that there are some jobs that they can do for some type of internship. So we're working on that. And then working about the overall culture of the ski area. How do we, is it possible to run the ski area without having a nine to four job? You know, can you, can you bring people in in shifts? Can, if somebody says, I want to come with a ski area and work, but I can only work mornings. Well, right now it's difficult. But if we start thinking about it differently, we might be able to accommodate that. So we're trying all these different things. And I'm optimistic that some of these will work. Uh, the workforce is changing and we have to adapt. When you talk about exchange, I'm assuming maybe those ski resort workers, you would work directly with, say, a golf course and say, hey, we have this whole group of employees who can come work for you guys in the summer. Is that how that would work? Well, I mean, the, the probably the best place for something like this would be uh, Workforce Solutions, that they would say, here's a job board and, you know, maybe you're uh, a ski instructor in the winter and now you want to, you have another skill set you can use in the summertime at another job. Maybe you're a golf pro, for example. Uh, there, I think there's just a whole lot of, of cross uh, training we could do with those people. Uh, even furthermore, and this, of course, even is looking bigger than just within our state, but, you know, you have people that work here in New Mexico in our winter where it's summer in South America. But if these same people want that same type of job, they could ship them to South America to do those jobs down there, which would then be their winter. So I think there's lots of opportunity to, to cross-train people. Uh, and the best scenario, we think, would be some organization and maybe Workforce Solutions or, or some um, job board that deals with this that could make this happen. So we're still working out the details and talking with people about it. When you tell people about New Mexico ski resorts who've maybe never been to one or didn't even know maybe skiing was an option in New Mexico, because I know there's a lot of people from out of state that look at New Mexico and think our entire state's like Phoenix. It's just sweltering, but it's not the case, obviously. What do you tell people about why skiing New Mexico is maybe so uniquely different than maybe even our neighbors to the north, Colorado, who get a lot of attention for their ski areas? Ski New Mexico's uh, slogan is ride the winter sun ride or ski the winter sun, I should say. I've had the opportunity in my career to ski all over the world. And there's not a lot of places, and, and this sounds like a, a pitch, but it's just almost true. I say almost because it sometimes doesn't happen that way. But most of the time in New Mexico, it snows at night and it's clear during the day. So you get to ski when the sun is out, it's warmer, uh, at least you don't have the, the blizzard conditions, and you can do that in our state. People don't realize that New Mexico, the reason we're able to have ski areas is because we have ski areas that are up around 9,000 to 12,000 feet. 
Whereas, for example, in Montana, if you go up there, their ski areas start about 6,000 feet and they go to 8,000. So we have a higher terrain here that you can absorb the sun a little easier during the wintertime. And also you can have drier and, and I consider better snow that falls at those, at those levels. So that's how I tell people, come ski the winter sun, ski and ride the winter sun in New Mexico. Yeah, very uniquely different than yes, many other ski areas there. Well, thank you, George. Is there anything that we didn't ask you that you felt was important to talk about or want people to know? No, I think uh, the one thing I was hoping we would hit on, we did talk about, and that's the employment issue, because I think uh, that's how I got started in skiing. I grew up in Taos. Uh, and was a ski bum, so to speak, and uh, have been doing it all my life. And I think there's an opportunity for anyone in New Mexico that wants that type of lifestyle that uh, can work in the outdoors and uh, enjoy their their stuff they're doing there. And um, they should get into it. And so I'm hoping that we get more New Mexico people at, at all levels that will want to get in our ski industry and be part of it. Do you still hit the slopes every winter? I try to get out and ski as often as I can, even at my advanced age. (laughs) Thanks again to George Brooks, the executive director of Ski New Mexico, for joining us on the podcast today and sharing his insight. Again, resorts tend to open around Thanksgiving and will continue probably to open up more runs as we see more snow coming out through the winter. So make sure and and visit. And if you need a job, it sounds like they're hiring. Yeah, it sounds like they have quite a few jobs to fill. We appreciate you listening here this week as we wrap up the end of 2022. If you have any ideas for stories or things that we should cover here on the podcast, feel free to reach out at chris.mckee at krqe.com and also at TV on social media. And I'm gabrielle.burkhardt at krqe.com via email and gburknm on social media. Thank you all for listening.